Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh. This is episode number 33. This week on the episode, I've got a conversation with Brendan of Way the Anchor. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with them, they're an up-and-coming band from Canada. Uh, highly recommend checking them out. Obviously, if you're here, you may already be a fan of theirs. So this conversation is going to be awesome for you guys because we talked about a lot of stuff. Um, we talked about kind of how he got started playing drums, um, being in marching band, the new music, just, you know, the, the whole spectrum of of conversation. So uh, really appreciate him taking the time to do this. And, you know, we had a great conversation. I'm really excited for uh, COVID to to be going away and hopefully getting these guys back out. Um, they had some tours planned and things like that. They're working on rescheduling and, and reannouncing dates. Um, I think that their their potential is is pretty much limitless. Um, they're going to be on everybody's radar soon. So go ahead and put them on your radar now. But let's jump into the conversation now that I had with Brendan of Way the Anchor. Awesome. So to uh, kick things off here, let's start with your your name, uh, what you do in the band, and just a you know short little background on yourself. All right, right on, man. Uh, my name is Brendan. I play drums in Way the Anchor. Um, I've been in the band for, I guess, about three, coming up on three years now. So, uh, yeah, it's been great. Uh, I've been loving jamming with the guys. I've played drums, geez, I guess it's uh, been about 10, 11 years I've been playing drums for. So that, I guess, started back when I was in public school. I joined the band, and I wanted to play the guitar really badly because we were one of like the few schools that actually like had guitars in in our band, but I guess that was like the popular choice. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, uh, I got stuck on drums and absolutely loved it. Yeah. So, uh, shout out to, uh, Mr. Carswell back in, uh, grade six, who ended, <laughs> ended up putting me on the drums and, uh, shaping where I am today, realistically. Yeah. Awesome. Our, our school was kind of like that. We were one of the only schools in our, our district or whatever you want to call it in our, our county and area. Um, we had a, a electric guitar for like concert band and like jazz band, pep band stuff for, for um, like basketball games and such. And uh, yeah. I decided, you know, like, well, that's what I want to do. So when I started in band, they were like, well, that's cool. But we have this guy that's uh, a sophomore already so he's already a couple years ahead of you, and he's been playing it. So we're going to let him go all the way to his senior year. And I'm like, well, shit. Like, there's nothing else I really <laughs> wanted to play, you know? And they were like, yeah, exactly. What, what if we get you a bass guitar? And I was like, okay, yeah, let's try that. So, uh, yeah, I played bass guitar in high school and uh, through college and was in bands here and there. Um, but, yeah, I was kind of the same way, man, like, yeah, guitar and bass guitar are similar, but you know, obviously they're they're in different keys and there's some some pretty core differences. But I was like 
guitar is what I want to do. And they were like, well, how about you do this instead? And I'm like, all right. And, uh, yeah, so I was actually lucky enough. Um, I don't know if you guys do the, the same type of stuff up there. Like we have marching band for different competitions and stuff. And you do, um, like DCI, you do formations on, on a football field to kind of have a, an act. Is that something you guys do up there? Yeah, man. It's, okay. uh, it's funny actually bring that up because, uh, it's not as like intense as DCI, I guess, but after, um, I guess like while I was in high school, I was actually in a marching band as well. Awesome. Um, so it's, uh, in Canada, it's city of Burlington, um, here in Ontario. So they have a marching band. It's not like associated, um, with a school or anything, but it's actually associated through the city themselves. And it's like city funded and we do like big tours. They did the, um, so it's called the Burlington Teen Tour Band. And they do, um, down in the States, they've done like the Rose Bowl. Um, I like was fortunate enough to be able to like travel to Japan and Ireland for the St. Patrick's Day Parade um, when that was going on a few, few years back now. But uh, yeah, it was amazing, man. And I think that like, being in a marching band really kind of like got my chops up for drums, you know? And, uh, I was getting really tight at like just, uh, snare drumming and stuff for a while. And, um, afterwards I, I always wanted to be like in a rock band, you know, but I never really found that like group of guys. Um, so I think being in a marching band really sort of helped me transition like, um, to a drum set and made me like, the drummer I am now, you know, I really owe it all to like marching band stuff for sure, man. Yeah. Yeah. Th that's what I was going to say kind of is, you know, so we did marching band and I was one of the first, um, they allowed me to, to play in the pit. So as a bass guitarist, and I was the first one in our state, the state of Indiana. And then after yeah. we did it the first year, like seven or eight other schools did it. And that, you know what I mean? It just snowballed. And I was like, well, at least I got to be that, you know, like I was the first one. And I think, it, you know, kind of what you just said, it, it really hit home the idea of performing music in more of a, a sh showmanship style. Yeah, for sure, man. That's great. You were the pioneer of it all. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it all. Yeah. Right so, on, man. Um, awesome, man. So um, let's talk about the, the band a little bit. Way the Anchor. You guys have been around for uh what since 20 the band's been in existence since like 2016 right yeah 2016 it's undergone uh just a few member changes and stuff i wasn't the original drummer but um i guess their old drummer left and there was an opportunity and i had played in some bands um prior to being with the anchor and i played some shows with them with my other bands and i just kind of saw the opportunity and was like you know what um, and they as well be like, Hey, like you guys need a drummer. I'm kind of not really doing much with the band that I'm in now. And, uh, I went and jammed with those guys. And, uh, ever since then it stuck, man. So yeah. one of the best decisions I think I, uh, ever did was reaching out to those guys and just saying, Hey, like let's jam. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that that speaks volumes to kind of just how the music industry works, especially in the smaller, like DIY bands and things like that. It, it can literally be just that, like a, Hey, let's jam once or twice, you know, like I'm bored, whatever. And then it, you find out that, man, we all click together. We all have similar vision 
it's a it's a cool experience yeah absolutely man um it's yeah i mean there were times where i was like really regretting like putting other like money and certain things into the older bands i was in but at the end of the day it's kind of led you in or led me and i'm sure other people in a direction that uh you know either if you're really happy with already or you will be happy with in the future you know because if it wasn't for those other terrible bands i played in sometimes (laughs) i uh i wouldn't have you know been doing the thing with the guys now which uh i think with this new ep is like definitely some of the best music we've ever made um so i'm really looking forward to uh getting the new ep out and uh, i think the singles we have put out are getting some pretty solid traction and some good feedback so that's really uh rewarding for us you know like starting to see some uh some reward yeah. to uh, all our hard work and stuff like that, which is always nice for musicians because, as you know, we put up with a lot of crap. <laughs> yeah, and that, that'll be something that, you know, I definitely want to talk about is, is, is kind of in the position that you're in, still being, you know, a, a smaller band in the grand scheme of things. Um, of course, yeah. Just kind of navigating the waters within the music industry and the amount of rejection that you guys go through. And you know what I mean? Like, there's so much of that that... Of course, yeah a lot of kids i i really don't think they they're prepared for it you know they get in a band and they expect well we like what we're doing our friends like what we're doing so it's going to take off and you don't realize how many for lack of a better term gatekeepers there are that are just standing there waiting to tell you no yeah no for sure um and like you know as musicians i think we're naturally like really hard on ourselves whether we like you know, you don't always have the best set or, um, you know, sometimes you're playing to rooms of 100, 200 people that are really digging it, really loving it. And then there's times where, you know, you have the exact same set and you're playing to, you know, your your family. Like, it's, there's right. five people there. Yeah. You've, uh, you know, toured around locally and... Uh, around different parts of Canada and stuff like that. We haven't dipped into the States yet, but it's, uh, it's tough, man. You go some places and there's sometimes a lot of people who are really hyped to see you. And sometimes there's nobody there and, or whether it's promoters for those certain venues, not paying you or, um, and dodging out, like, yeah, there's so many stories, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's, Go ahead. Well, sorry. It's, uh, you, uh, yeah, you just got to be able to, um, you know, sometimes bite the bullet sometimes, and it's not always going to go your way or how you plan it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was going to say, you know, like with the bookers that sometimes dodge and, and whatnot, you know, it's it's crazy because it's when they sign you or, you know, set you up with the, the show or whatever, it's like, all right, you know, they believe in what we're doing. We're, you know, they're on board. And then for whatever reason, whether it's just them being shady or maybe, you know, tickets didn't sell as much so they don't feel like the guarantee should be there or whatever, it's like, okay, but but I still have to do what I do. You know what I mean? Like, I still made my 100%. trip and, and I still deserve, you know, some sort of cut, even if they came to you and was like, hey, I know we guaranteed 300 bucks, but man, you saw how big the room was. We're only going to do 100 bucks tonight okay, that at least pays for yeah. my gas. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And I mean, that's like, 
at the level I mean we're at, like like you said, we're not like a huge, huge band by any means. Um, obviously, we want to grow and get touring more once this uh, whole COVID nightmare is over. <laughs> but um, it's, yeah, like it's, it's just about that. Like we're not expecting, like I'm not sitting here being like, oh, we want, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars for this like half an hour, 45 minute set that we play. And it's just like, sometimes it sucks when you go and then you get stiffed and you're out, you know, you're 10, 15 hours away from home in a van and sleeping in a van and you don't know where you're going to be sleeping that night. And, um, you know, a promoter stiffs you or walks out before the show is over and you're looking for them afterwards. And you come back to your buddies and you're like, well, boys, we made <laughs> no money tonight. Right. <laughs> right. Know? Hopefully so. we had some tips at merch. Like that's all we got. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I think, uh, I think we've been pretty fortunate with uh, people like supporting and buying merch and stuff like that. And we do, there are a lot of gears, um where we are like are, you know? Um, so I'd say for every, every bad promoter we've had, there's probably 15 good ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it's a very tough job as well, but at the same time, like, yeah, some people are just stingy or don't care. And I don't know if you, if you don't care about it in my books, then you shouldn't be doing it. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that's, that's something that, you know, I've, I've talked with some of the local venues around where I'm at and whatnot. I've got myself, on with my company, you know, and I do interviews for the podcast. I do photography for bands and all sorts of stuff, album reviews, you know, the whole nine yards. And then I've got a friend that she does primarily um, concert photography as well. But we've both been like, you know, let's start getting into promotion a little bit, even if it's just our local scene so that the local guys can at least get some sort of spotlight. And so we've been working with some of the promoters and some of the horror stories we've heard. It's, it's, kind of scary you know like well you know sometimes this happens and it's like but but why like how hard is oh, it just yeah, to be I a know. human being and be like man look we overpromised or whatever like i can't do that but i can do this and and just help out like you said like sleeping in a van bare minimum like hey man here's 50 bucks to get you a hotel room tonight like do something yeah, to help I, us I, out I, I, <laughs> sure yeah for sure it's uh well yeah, we can't thank guys like you enough, you know, because if it wasn't for guys like you doing podcasts and promotion and photography, like that's our that's our whole reach online, man. So yeah. it's uh, it's really great that people like have a passion for doing that and uh, really helping us out. And we we're super fortunate to have people like you, you know, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure, and I appreciate that. Um, so new uh, new EP is coming out soon. You've dropped two um, singles off of it so far. You have uh, Medicaid and Abrasive, right? Yeah, so, yeah, those are the two. And then the yeah, the EP is going to be out uh, July tenth, I believe, on all streaming platforms and all that jazz. Yeah. Um, so Abrasive made our weekend waves playlist, which is just a little playlist that we uh, update every week and add. We try to do, you know, primarily newer artists or newer songs, things like that. Um, and I honestly don't even know how I came across your song. I'll be perfectly honest about it. I don't remember <laughs> if Natasha had already re reached out to me with it 
or if I just happen to see it on one of the new release, um, you know, Spotify things or whatever. But that abrasive specifically, I was bought in, man. So I started checking out the backlog and and all that, and it's it's definitely something that you know I'm I'm a fan of. Um, you've got a great sound, and I think it's it's something that it's just a matter of getting the reach there. You know what I mean? For sure, man. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I mean, compared to some of our older stuff, we're, we're definitely going in a new direction with it, um, which I think uh, kind of resembles us as a band a lot more. You know, um, the three of us wrote it, and um, it's just the sound that we kind of wanted to portray versus our old stuff. And um, I'm really glad you liked it, man. Thanks for putting on your on your playlist and everything. That means a lot. Like, no matter how big or small the playlist, you know, it, uh, it really, it helps us out huge. So, uh, the more people that listen to it and like it, like I was saying earlier, it just makes it, uh, more worthwhile for us to keep going and doing what what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the, the big thing. I've talked to several artists, you know, I've been in the, the music journalism side of it for, like 15 years, but, you know, even just going back over the last few years as, as streaming has gotten more and more popular, obviously each company does their algorithms differently and stuff. But, you know, I've said a number of times on the podcast here that I don't think the average listener understands how important it is to, to hit the little heart, like on Spotify, hit the heart on a song, not just listen to it repeatedly, like listening to it repeatedly is great but putting that heart also bumps you guys up in the algorithm and stuff like that. And it, it makes you guys more visible. And that's just such a huge lift that takes no effort. You know, it costs you nothing. It takes no effort. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's definitely a different gate from like, even just like, you know, MySpace days and stuff like that. There's so many streaming platforms now that you want to, when you do a release, you want to, you know, hit your reach for, your maximum reach for all of them. And all of them have different algorithms, like you said. And uh, it's just, it's a lot to navigate for a musician now, you know, back then it's not really about like album sales anymore. Like people are just looking at streams online, which is crazy, you know? Yeah. And I I think that's, you know, are you ever going to pay the bills just off streams? Not anytime soon. You know what I mean? Like even the biggest artists, it just doesn't pay enough to do it. But Exactly. Yeah. You know, getting that visibility and then people jumping over to your website and picking up merch or, you know, coming out to shows when you're nearby, like that's where the real benefit to to streaming, I believe, uh, really in lies. Of course. Yeah, it's uh, it's good, like getting people to know your music, too. Like, I love it in the sense that you uh, it gives people a lot more of a chance to hear your music, you know, it's not just like, it doesn't have to be a physical thing anymore. Somebody from across the world can come across your music and hit play and ask you to want to come out there to play shows and stuff like that. And, uh, I mean, every, every little thing helps in the grand scheme of things, you know, obviously, yeah, like you're saying, the, the bulk of that money is from, uh, touring and selling tickets and physical merch sales and stuff like that. But it's, uh, it's really cool. Like, I love that aspect of it. You know, yeah. there's 40 years ago, if we were a band at our level now, there'd be no way that somebody across the world would know who we are, you know? So right. Right. It's, and that, uh, it's really cool. 
yeah, it, it's cool to that you say that. Like, I imagine on your side, you guys can look at the you know the analytics to your your tracks and stuff like that. So I was messing around on on the podcast analytics the other day, and randomly, uh, sometime last month, I had somebody from Norway listen to the podcast, and I'm like, how? Why? Like, what? <laughs> you, I don't yeah, understand. No, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like the, uh, I totally know what you mean. We're from, I guess we kind of associate ourselves with, uh, well, we say we're Oakville, Ontario, in Canada, um, mm-hmm. which was at one point true, but we're all kind of like dispersed um, throughout the greater Toronto area is what we call it. So um, I think on our analytics or something like that, like the first four or five cities like aren't Toronto or even anywhere in Canada. So that to me is just like super cool in itself, you know, like I never would have thought like, you know, people and I think like like England's their number one spot right now for where our streams come from, which is just like mind blowing to me. Yeah. And then it's obviously like cities in the US like Chicago and stuff like that. And I know Chicago has a huge pop punk scene. So to us that makes a lot of sense and we definitely wanna get down and into the States and in Europe, like go all throughout the States once uh the world kinda goes back to normal and we can start hopefully playing some shows again if uh these smaller independent venues don't all shut down by the time this COVID thing is over. It's really taken a lot of people for a spin. So Yeah, for sure. And and like in Indiana, for example, so I'm about give or take three hours away from Chicago with where I live. Um, but, you know, we've got in Indiana just tons of little independent music venues that aren't backed by Live Nation, Ticketmaster, anybody like that. And, um, right. so in Indiana specifically, they've set up a different, um, a bunch of them got together, different promoters got together and stuff and kind of started up their own little foundation to help support each other throughout it. So they took donations and, you know, they're helping each other pay rent and stuff like that. So that, you know, hopefully when all this goes away, which per Indiana rules, we can start having concerts at the end of this month. And I don't know if I'm a hundred percent on board with that because, it doesn't feel like it's ready, but, um, you know, it, it is cool that they weren't, you know, they could have been assholes and just been out for themselves, but they were so much of a, a close knit group, just like, you know, in, in music, you know, you've got bands that you guys tour with and just love to, to hang out with and all that. And it was very much the same where they all kind of got together and went, how can we keep everybody afloat? You know, we all have something to provide. Yeah, that's amazing, man. That's really cool. It's uh, it's tough to see. Like, there's been a few venues that you know we we really love around here that have been forced to close their doors just because, like, that period of time before the government stepped in to uh, help businesses pay their rent, like mm-hmm. the profit margins are so small to begin with at these like local venues and bars and stuff like that. So, it's uh, we've seen a few of our favorite places close and once we do go back to playing shows it's gonna be interesting to see like how that's gonna change for bands our size and bigger and stuff like that i'm sure obviously the huge bands are gonna be fine that you know like huge concert theaters and stuff like that but um yeah it's gonna be interesting for independent artists um smaller bars and venues to kind of navigate 
um, how that's all going to go down once it's we all get to go ahead to go play shows again for people. So um, that's amazing that your uh, your city's doing that and keeping those places alive because we need those places, man, for sure. Yeah, and I, I think that's you know a hundred percent true. You know, like music is one thing. You know, that's part of the reason that my site is called You Make the Scene is to me music is all about the community and every single person in that community helps make that scene. Um, and you know, same with artists that, you know, you guys are more on the pop punk side and, um, things like that. So like the, the community that you guys build, it's all about truly coming together and trying to just love each other, I guess is the best way to put it, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, it's about, sure. yeah, the, the lack of judgment and, and all the bullshit it's music is a place to escape and just feel free. Yeah, of course, man. So yeah. it's, uh, it's great. I absolutely love, uh, love the music scene we're in and love other local bands that, uh, we kind of play with and, or played with, I should say, um, on a somewhat regular basis, like at least around here. Um, but yeah, like I just want to be able to, you know, there's so many bands that I think deserve more attention um, that haven't even broken out of their local scene. So it would just be cool for us to even, you know, get out on the road, get out of space again, and like start interacting and watching these other bands and, you know, band supporting bands and, um, pretty much just buds supporting buds, you know, yeah. um, because really like I've seen even in our local scene and I'm sure in yours, there's a bunch of bands that definitely deserve more attention and are working hard and doing everything that they can to kind of, especially even right now, keep going, you know, it's, it took us on a whole, whole spin when all this happened, we were supposed to actually be going across Canada. Um, we would leave on July 10th when the EP is set to come out. Right. Uh, and we were going to be gone for about three weeks. We were going across to the West Coast and all the way back. Um, we were having a little trouble with our P2s. We were going to come into the States, but our visa, we're having a little bit of trouble. But at the end of the day, it didn't really matter anyway. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the EP does come out in just under a month now. Uh any plans to release more singles off of it before it gets here or are you pretty much set on what you've got? Uh, I don't know how much I can actually say okay. about that, but we got <laughs> some surprises coming. We got some surprises. Coming. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, it'll be sweet, man. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to the release. Sweet. Um, so COVID, you know, goes away or at least releases enough so that we can, we can start enjoying stuff again. Um, is the plan to, to try to rebook the, the tour and get across at least Canada for the, for the time being? Yeah, of course, man. Um, I definitely think we want to get back on the road as soon as it's safe to do so, um, for mainly the, like the people who would be attending these shows, obviously. And, uh, for us as well, um, but absolutely the plan would be it's kind of um weird right now i'm sure every state um in the state is going to have their own independent um date of when they plan to open up like music and 
yeah. gatherings and stuff. And it's the same here in Canada. So navigating that might be a little tricky, but I think as soon as we can get back on the road, it is the plan because uh, there's nothing we want to do more than play this music live, man. Yeah. Um, and just it's what we want to do. We just want to keep on going and getting people who maybe haven't heard us on the internet to listen to our band and hang out and drink a couple beers, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And um, I noticed, uh, I don't remember, was it yesterday maybe or Saturday? You guys have, have done a couple um, little like Instagram lives and, and stuff like that, just Q&As and, and whatnot. Is that a plan to, to try to continue doing some of those too? Yeah, of course. I think the positive thing coming out of this whole thing is it's really um, and like working with the PR company that we're working with now um, just to try to because we didn't want to slow down you know, especially with the release coming out um, it's the positive thing coming out of it is it's kind of given us and forced us to be more in a position to interact with people online and develop content for online which I think is definitely a lot of a part of it now you know what i mean yeah. which it might have not been before so especially with like instagram facebook twitter all that um and you know like i we didn't like neglect it before but we we wanted to kind of like re rearrange stuff how we were doing it um for this new release um and so it's given us like kind of a kind of forced us to have to figure all that stuff out and plan more and um so i guess that's one positive thing like you can look at so absolutely like even once the world does get back once it does get back to normal we uh are going to just keep on doing the same stuff we've been doing online and always having content available and interacting with people and maybe a couple live videos and stuff like that you know yeah yeah for sure and i i think that's a a perfect example you know a, when you say that maybe it wasn't as important before, I, I think I agree, you know, before all of this, you never knew when you had people's attention, I think is the way that I want to word this. So before everybody had their own lives, they were doing their own things, you know, get to, to be at work, whatever. And then COVID hit and you knew that everybody's at home, right? Like everybody's stuck inside. So let's figure out the best way for all of us to interact together since we're all stuck in the same somewhat shitty situation you know <laughs> oh 100 percent, yeah and it was it happened so fast yeah too, you know so it really took i mean we didn't really officially cancel cancel this tour until probably about and i shouldn't say cancel reschedule this tour put on hold <laughs> right but uh until excuse me i guess it was mid-april or something like that which obviously like covid was was happening but it was right. still like well it could be over by july so we shouldn't like postpone this yet but for us once obviously like the bigger bigger acts and the schedule kind of put things into perspective for <laughs> guys like us you know right. so um you just had to reschedule it and uh that's all right though you know it just wasn't meant to be this year i guess but, yeah well and um, I, I think dude, i'm saying this as i'm 
sitting here looking at our tour van sitting in my driveway. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And I think it, for lack of a better term, I think it even the playing field for a lot of people too. Like, you know, yeah, you're not as big as Silverstein, but they're in the same boat as yeah. you now. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, oh, cool. 100%. We all have to come back and figure out how to do this at the moment that we're in. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, they obviously felt it a lot harder than us, like fans on that level, because, you know, for a lot of those guys, like music is their full-time job. Right. Um, we're grinding away at our other jobs so that we can do this in our spare time. Um, so obviously we we had, like in Canada at least, and I know you guys in the States, like the majority of people, and I could be wrong about this, but got stimulus checks from the government yep um but obviously um that uh it was just weird that's going from their full-time job and you know they have the next year planned and all of a sudden that's just gone and they have staff that work with them and um so that just kind of took bands like that obviously on a huge spiral and i couldn't imagine you know dealing with that on their their level you know yeah yeah and i i totally agree you know it's not to take away from the smaller bands but like you said it it's not just the band guys anymore now you've got audio techs and crew and bus drivers and just all sorts of people that were relying on tours that now have to go well what can i do for six months eight months however long this thing lasts yeah, exactly. And that's the worst part is not like having a definitive date of yeah. when things aren't in that scenario, you know? So, um, yeah, a lot of it's up in the air, but it's, yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you in that aspect. It is sort of leveling the playing field where everyone's like, shit, what now, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're going to do uh, two more questions and then I'm going to let you plug anything and everything you want to plug. Um, so the, uh, I, I always try to come up with at the end of an interview, you know, one question, but for you, I'm going to do two because being in, in the Toronto area specifically, but you know, Ontario, Canada in general has produced some amazing musicians. So the first one that I'm going to give you is probably going to be the hardest question of the whole interview. And that is, I'm going to make you pick your favorite Canadian artist. My favorite Canadian artist. Wow. What a <laughs> question that is. Of all time. Of all time. It could be Brian Adams if you wanted. <laughs> That's not a bad one. No, he <laughs> does a have a good catalog. <laughs> um, you know what? Um, I am actually going to say my greatest Canadian and favorite Canadian artist for not only the fact that they're great, but for me, I have like kind of a personal, I guess, association with them would be Triumph. Okay. Uh, if you've ever heard of Triumph, mm-hmm. uh, for the guitarist, yeah, they've, they won a Juno a couple years ago and were inducted to the rock and roll hall of fame, um, here. Um, but yeah, the guitarist, my dad actually worked, used to work for universal records. Okay. So what also kind of got me into music was um, he uh, worked for Universal Records for a while, and 
Um, he developed a relationship with Rick Emmett, and once um, Triumph was no longer a band anymore, and Rick Emmett went independent, uh, he actually managed him for a while. So I got to see a lot of the behind the scenes, like as a little kid, of um, you know what happens with rock shows and stuff yeah. like that. And um, I think that really kind of shaped like who um, what I wanted to do and who I am even today. Um, and so I'd have to say triumph just, they're all amazing musicians too. Like right. I, I don't play guitar, but I'm sure a lot of people will back say Rick Emmett, um, is a sensational guitarist. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was fortunate enough as a kid, um, to like see his studio and see the behind the scenes process. And like, I loved that. You know what I mean? I thought it was the coolest thing. And, um, I thought my dad had like the coolest job, being able to manage him and stuff like that. So I think I have to say them, not have to say, I want to say them. Right. They're amazing. I definitely showed who I am today. So Triumph. Awesome. You haven't heard of Triumph. Go check them out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think they're in the States anyway. I think they're a little bit of a, an underdog, you know, I don't know that they ever got quite as big down here as, as they did up there, but, um, you know, they, you're right. They are an absolute legend of a band. Yeah, no, of course. So yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that too. Um, they're a lot bigger in, in Canada and other parts of like even Europe than they ever really, I think got in the States, but they've definitely, a lot of people have heard of them in the States and yeah. uh, as well. And they did a whole, whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's a solid answer, man. Um, I don't know if I could pick, you know, just one, like it, it would take me time to, to figure it out. Uh, obviously I'm a, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm obviously a huge like Silverstein fan. Um, I really enjoy lights, Tegan and Sarah, uh, you know, Brian Adams, I said it kind of as a joke, but like the more you sit and think about it, <laughs> the dude is a really talented guy. Of course. Yeah. It's so tough, man. There's so many good Canadian artists. And, um, it's, yeah, that, that's a really difficult question. Yeah. I mean, we could probably go on about this for, for days if we wanted <laughs> right. to, you know? Well, maybe that'll be a future episode. We'll just, we'll start ranking, uh, you know, Canadian musicians. That's it, man. I'm down for it. <laughs> awesome. So the, uh, the last question, again, just trying to keep everything, you know, lighthearted, especially with, with COVID and everything going on, um, I'm going to make you pick if you could replace any uh, actor, like you get to be the actor in, in whatever role you pick here from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, who are you going to be? From the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Ooh, that is a tough one as well. <laughs> um I'm personally, me and my girlfriend love DC, so okay. she'll probably be be mad that I have to pick a, a Marvel one. You, you could cheat and say Ryan Reynolds, because he was Green Lantern if you acknowledge that movie. That is true. <laughs> if you acknowledge that movie is a huge part of that one. Um, you know who I'm actually going to pick? Um and, like, I don't know if I could replace him because he's so unreal. But 
I like Robert Downey Jr. as um, Iron Man. You know, right? Who who wouldn't want to be Iron Man? Uh, who wouldn't want to be Iron? You know, he's incredible. Um, and I I always thought he played that role really well. But I think Iron Man's a badass, and you know, just yeah. having like all that all that stuff. But, <laughs> I, I, I totally. <laughs> I totally agree. And I, I actually have told friends in the past, like when they cast Robert Downey, I was like, man, he doesn't even have to act like Tony Stark. If you know his background, he was, he was an alcoholic. He struggled with all these things and, and got better and, and became this amazing person. Robert Downey's literally almost that same person in real life. You know, he struggled with his oh, demons 100%. and, and was able to, to resurrect himself. And it's, it's just crazy that he, his his story lines up so well with Tony Stark as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why he really encompassed that role really well. Um, and yeah, he's just a badass, yeah. you know, so yeah. <laughs> I'd want to be, I guess like it's more of me wanting to be him as opposed <laughs> to me replacing him, right, you know? Right. But uh, yeah, I think Iron Man's sweet. I think he's probably one of my favorites. Uh, Marvel. Marvel guys. Awesome. Awesome. That's everything I've got. We ran a little longer than, than originally planned, but, uh, let's, uh, end it with, you know, we're going to tag all your socials and everything, but go ahead and tell people where they can find you kind of just what the game plan is for you and, and plug anything you want to plug, man. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, be sure to follow us on social media, 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 <laughs> social media, uh, social media. Yeah. We're uh, way the anchor pretty much on every platform, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, all that stuff, you know, so way the anchor on that. We have our new EP right at home set to release everywhere on July the 10th of this year and it would be awesome if you gave that a stream and yeah that's pretty much it and thanks to you josh for uh, having me on the podcast man yeah absolutely and uh you know we'll we'll be sure to plug as much as a, of it all as we can you know going forward and and try to make sure people are getting directed to that ep when it drops for you um, and hopefully, you know, COVID will go away. You guys can get down to the States and, and we'll be able to link up, uh, on tour sometime. Of course, man. We'd love to, uh, meet you in person and have a beer and talk more Marvel. Sounds good, man. I appreciate your time today. Yeah. You too. Thanks for having me, man. Not a problem, man. Have a good one. You too, brother. See ya. Yep. Bye. And that was my conversation with Brendan from Way the Anchor. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. I know I did. Um, you know, I, like I said, there towards the end of the, the conversation with them, I'm really looking forward to them getting out on tour, you know, COVID going away, getting to a show and, and watching what they can do live. Um, the new music that they're putting out is awesome. Um, highly recommend checking it out. It's definitely a sound that, uh, it, I mean, it's a hot sound. Um, you know, there's a lot of bands trying to do what they're doing, but there's just something about these guys that are sticking out. And I, I promise you there, there's someone that you're going to want on your radar. Like I said at the beginning, and I think it's time to put them on your radar now. 
Um, they've made our Weekend Waves playlist on Spotify, so be sure to check that out. Give that a follow. Um, follow the guys on social media as well. Uh, I'm going to have links to all of their social medias. On the website, there will be a um, YouTube video of one of their songs, and we are also going to let you guys hear Abrasive by Way the Anchor. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene. Way.